COVID-19 Market Realities. Brought to you by New Zealand Trade and Enterprise. I am the commercial advisor for agribusiness and agri-tech at NZT for the UK and Ireland, uh, based in London. I also cover the European region as the lead for agribusiness and agri-tech. Today I spoke to Martin Conson. Martin has run an agri-food consultancy for 20 years. Uh, he advised on R&D projects in South America. Uh, and is now uh, a director of a UK plant genetics company which sells globally. Recently, Martin actually contributed to the UK Agritech strategy. Tell us a bit about the situation in the UK at the moment uh, for agriculture. I think what it's very fair to say is that it's very mixed um, and it's not just about the virus. We have had um, a very wet winter, we've now uh, got a very, very dry spring. We were also thinking about Brexit because we expected the whole of the policy framework um, really to change this year. And going into next year, we were going to have a new UK approach to agricultural policy, a, a new approach to trading um, and trade relationships with the rest of the world. So there's lots of other challenges. The demand from the food service sector has gone. And so pubs, hotels and restaurants are all closed. And that's about a third of our value. Um, and a third of the volume has gone, uh, but the retail sector has increased. But it hasn't impacted all parts of farming in the same way. And so we've seen, um, we've seen the demand for eggs go up within retail um, and for canned food and for some types of fresh food, but the demand for, um, for some of the value added, um, things like steak, has actually gone down. So it's very, very mixed across the sector, but it's set against this context of lots of other change around climate change, um, around Brexit, um, and around the whole way that we have to respond if we're actually going to drive the sector forward in the long term. In terms of what's happening at the farm gate, I mean, how are those struggles materialising? One of the issues with milk is that uh, quite a lot of its volume in the past has gone through, uh, through pubs and hotels and restaurant trade, and that went, and it went very, very quickly. Many of the farms were just set up um, really to supply that market. What we've seen, though, is that retail has gone up, but it's taken time for some of those suppliers that used to supply pubs and hotels to actually get their supply moved across. And so there's been some disruption. We've seen the same within the fresh produce sector. That is mainly focused on the retail trade for us, and most of that has grown. If you look at meat, the demand for mince has gone up, um, but for steak has gone down, because steak is mainly um, about the pub and hotel and restaurant trade. So we've seen lots of different changes within different parts of the sector. Most of the sector has now begun to respond and respond quite well, but it has taken time to do that. What have you heard from people that you've uh, talked to sort of anecdotally uh, in the industry recently? We've been talking to lots of businesses and the concerns that they have are almost on a business by business basis. For those that need lots of labour and a seasonal labour supply, there are major concerns about that labour supply. There have also been some short-term concerns around some of the inputs. Most of the farm inputs are okay, but some of those for the supply chain, there have been some real constraints. The egg sector has seen its demand go up, and they've been able to meet the demand for the eggs. What they haven't been able to find um, is the boxes for the eggs to go in, because that part of the supply chain has had a challenge. Is there an opinion 
around how we might respond to some of those uh, challenges, either through technology or other means um, or changes to the market. If we take online sales, I think that's a very good example of one of the big changes that we've seen. Online sales have been growing in the UK for about the last 10 years or so. That growth had been relatively steady. In the last two months, we have seen it double. And the businesses that supply online have still not been able to meet demand. And that's to do um, with the number of drivers, with the, um, with the number of staff that they have, with the website capacity. So they are investing very, very quickly. <clears throat> I think what most people expect is that that will be sustained. They expect that that move to online will actually persist. Many of the consumers have actually shopped online for the first time. And they quite like it. It reduces the need for them to go out. And so we expect that, that those types of changes will, in fact, be sustained. How are we seeing the challenges manifest uh, on farm at the moment as a consequence of the current situation? I think the biggest concern that a lot of businesses have is that their costs have risen. And so social distancing, um, the extra cost of cleaning um, and PPE have all gone up. And they're finding it very, very hard to pass those costs on. So there's a cost pressure um, and a margin squeeze. And we're going to have to find ways to address that. I think our concern is that the supply chain is not going to want to pay a lot more for food. We have lost some of the top end of the market. And so we have to find a way to address those costs on farm. And so the productivity enhancements that we can drive in terms of output, in terms of resource use, um, in terms of automation and robotics are the things that we'll really have to focus on now. Is there a view on different regions of the UK having different opportunities going forward? The reality is we are just in the early phases of this um, and we do have to think about it. We have um, an east and south of the UK that is very, very focused on crops um, and crop output um, or pigs and poultry. And the impact within those types of farming system is very, very different to our grazing livestock sector. We export about a third of the sheep meat that we produce. And most of that goes to France. And so there's a concern both, um, both in the short term about the supply chain, but in the longer term about Brexit as well and about our access to those markets. If you take fruit supply into the UK, we only produce about one in five um, of the fruit that we consume. Our concern is that we want to grow that, um, but we also need um, some of those overseas supplies as well to keep the supermarkets stocked. And our big concern within the fruit sector and the vegetable sector is about labour supply. The long-term solution to that has to be robotics, but we're not there yet. There's a lot more investment that's still needed to really address that challenge um, and drive that forward. If you were to, um, I guess, summarise the top tips for New Zealand agribusiness potentially looking to operate here, I mean, have you got any particular advice which would ring true in, under the current circumstance? I think the current circumstance, it is the productivity challenge that is the really critical one to try and control some of the cost rises that we've seen on farms. And so any tech that can help to address um, the way that we produce food and the way that the supply chain functions and the efficiency of the supply chain would be very, very well received. We also have to think about the long term challenges and things such as climate change. They haven't gone away. And most of the consumers and most of the supply chains are still very, very focused on them. So anything to do with energy, with water, 
with waste um, and with climate change are things, again, that there'll be um, really strong demand for. What three things should an exporter do to respond to the changes in this market sector? As a New Zealand business, I think you absolutely need to understand the context within the UK. It is partly about the virus response, but it's also about Brexit. It is also about climate change and sustainable approach to farming. And so the market was already changing even before the virus. And you need to try and respond to that. What I think you also need to do is to understand the route to market. In most cases, um, is not direct to farmers. It is to buying groups, it's to firms within the supply chain, and it's to the knowledge base, the universities, the advisors, um, and the researchers who can actually help you to access those businesses. And what I think you also have to understand is that whilst there are lots of similarities, there are big differences also right across the UK in terms of types of farming system, in terms of the type of technology that we need, and the types of things that we'll be prepared to invest in. In general, our cropping farmers are larger um, and they're more progressive. Some of our grazing livestock sector um, tends to have lots more um, small farms who find it very, very hard indeed to invest and to embrace some of the new ideas. So you need to understand the context, you need to understand the market, and you need to work with others uh, to try and access that market. Thanks for listening in. Um, as Martin so succinctly illustrated, there are many headwinds affecting uh, the UK from changes in marketing uh, and food as a, as a response to the COVID pandemic. Um, environmental compliance and sustainability, uh, as well as future trading relationships, uh, all of which will shape UK agriculture. Change and disruption always uh, breeds opportunity. You've been listening to an NZT podcast. For more insights and tools to help your business, go to COVID-19 dot nzte dot govt dot nz